Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of the Excalibros. Yay! Yay! Uh, pardon, <laughs> we've got uh, internet issues, we've got construction going on in the background. It's it's spe- it's a very special episode. We're all at home, so let's deal with uh, the little oddities we have to deal with. But today we're going to talk about uh, the books we've been neglecting. Um, one, because we don't want to talk about it. And one, because it's just we haven't had a lot of time to talk about it. Uh, and that would be the New Mutants and uh, the new Excalibur. Um, and then we might have some bonus stuff at the end of the episode, right, Dan? Yes. Yes. Hopefully. Well, um, why don't we talk about why don't we talk about the bad? Because we just talked about. Let's just continue on that bad that bad feeling, Dan. Why don't we? And it's not it's not it's not bad like Rosenberg bad. It's not like purposefully hurtful or spiteful at the characters. But we just I don't know disappointing. Is that the 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 yeah, best word think, to describe Excalibur right now. So when we last talked about Excalibur, we did the first sort of story arc, which was uh, uh, an exercise in tedium uh, for six mm. issues. And um, Teeny Howard, uh, it's not so much um, Marcus Toe's um, sort of problem. It's it's more um, well, Teeny Howard's problem, <laughs> essentially. Well, except for, um, like, and, and you've come around to the fact that the foregrounds in this book are fine, but everything in the background is just, like, painted blue. Like, there's there's yeah. there's something to be said for the artwork to being sort of sparse. I do, as always, I will commit to the character work being great, but yep. the fine detail. But to be honest, maybe he's got literally, maybe they've got nothing to go on. Um, <laughs> maybe the script is, this is the dialogue. And then the artist is like, well, what, what's behind all this? And it's just like, man, the countryside. Um, well, here's the thing. Did it finish? I, I, I kind of stopped reading it. She's doing Strike Force, and she was also doing, what was the other one? Uh, Death's Head? Right, see, Death's Head was good. Mm-hmm. I like, enjoyed Death's Head. Um, I enjoyed the grungy art and like the feel of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Strike Force boring it started off okay but it just became it's just become but i like i've stopped reading it right and um i don't know what has happened um but teeny howard's going to be spearheading the new x x crossover sort of x uh nice nice point and um reading excalibur so a quick recap of um, what happened after issue six is that Excalibur sort of go meet Edward Cullen. Edward Cullen? Is it Edward? That Edward Cullen? That's a Twilight character. Um, <laughs> um, uh, Mini Blitzstone, um, Elsa's brother. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he is no longer a teenage boy. He's now like a 20 something old man who. Have, is apparently now xenophobic and uh, completely anti-mutant for reasons hitherto unknown, because he's posh? I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, mm. And they go to find werewolves because Apocalypse wants them for reasons only Apocalypse and Teeny Howard know. 
And it's just um, like needless fan service. Like, oh, we had werewolves before. Well, let's bring them in now. We had we had Pete Wisdom before. Let's bring them in now. Why? I don't know. It was in there before, right? And um, yeah, we're about to get Satine, aren't we? And the Starlight Citadel. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, um, for one of a better word, Excalibur go. They do a bit of weird hunting which is banned in our country, but apparently not if you're posh, which is actually true. Um, and Cullen is crazy. <laughs> and then it ends, essentially. Yeah, he's just like, it, hey, I'm not, I'm not crazy anymore. Let's sit down and have discuss this. Okay, great writing. Yeah. To say it's all over the place, um is is an understatement uh betsy who's supposed to be the flagship character of this title um uh, is pretty much in the background consistently and when she is in the foreground she's questioning everything because the government because britain doesn't want a mutant as captain britain um right like conceptually there's some really good ideas going on um or concepts that could really benefit from a finer tooth comb um as opposed to like the sort of like the glancing that teeny howard sort of does with it all it's like it's it's almost as if like uh we'll sort of look through the window we won't go in and actually explore these ideas and like you said just throwing (laughs) it throwing in like old excalibur um people here there and everywhere just to um sort of help with some nostalgia fest is kind of like detrimental to the book um and for the most part it's just it's just not good comics it's it it doesn't flow the stories feel really confused sometimes the characters most of the characters don't need to be there um and that's that's basically it like there's nothing more to say about it other than it's it's really disappointing to read um because there's so much potential on the page it just never gets there or anywhere yeah i don't feel like you know at the beginning it like had steam and it didn't have steam and they're like all right we're back into this and then there was like a ridiculous ending like all right maybe things will get better and this second i don't know leg of of the marathon here, you're like mm, Jesus. Is this is this really what we're doing? Are you are you even interested in this as the storyteller? Because right, I'll, I'll say this is uh, an analogy for someone who performs on stage. If you aren't into your performance, the audience isn't going to be into your performance. Like they can read you, and I feel like it's the same with the writing. Like I don't feel your passion for the story, and because of that, I have no passion for the story. Like I can't, I can't dive in if I know that you're, I don't know, kind of half interested in what you're trying to tell me here, and uh, the the half done artwork doesn't help. Um, we mentioned things just being thrown in because they're thrown in, and I don't, I don't know. Remember the first book or the first story was more about apocalypse than anything, uh, and you know maybe she wanted to do an apocalypse story and they're forced to like. Maybe there was a mandate to make it more like Excalibur. I don't know. But I feel like the story of Krakoa coming back together 
and uh, remember the. There's that uh, Apocalypse's first Four Horsemen story that is eventually going to be written. That would be way more interesting than, hey, what if we just dipped our toes in previous issues of Excalibur uh, for you know however long until this book is canceled? Because this, like all that's going on, and all the different characters have kind of little things happening, but nothing ever gets resolved. And and I said this with to you and and. Jason, I don't know if maybe she just has so many story ideas she can't fit it all into one book, and that's why they're giving her an event so she can like branch off. But I I think that's very optimistic of of me because I think it's just going to be a bunch of an event that's going to have nothing happening. I I'm not looking. I I went back and read some of these this morning, Dan, just just to get back in the mindset, and I'm like, yeah, they're not terrible. This isn't Rosenberg. I don't feel like she's trying to hurt our characters. But I don't feel like does anything happen in here that like pulls me in at all. Like, are you are you do you enjoy any of the time that you're reading this book? No, I just I'm I'm more I feel like I sigh more than enjoy it. <laughs> oh, right. Better word. I feel like um, every time it touches upon like British societies dealing with betsy being captain britain i'm like oh that's like oh it's finished or, or like um because it because we'll have to cut back to shogo being a dragon which is now no longer a funny gag anymore mm-hmm. right and, and i don't even know what apocalypse wants anymore or what even the point of half of it is is like they've conquered of outward like are they going to go to war with satine is that what's is that what the inevitable outcome of this book is? Mm. I, I I don't know. Because I feel like it's trying to capture the craziness and the sort of hodgepodge mentalness of Claremont Excalibur, but much like I said to you about on the the last podcast, everyone has the rose tinted goggles of Cross Time Caper. And don't really understand yeah. that it's not very good all the time. And maybe she's tapped into the not very good aspect of, of the cross time caper. And it's just providing random story elements rather than a cohesive whole. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's the problem. Is that it's just random. Let me put it this way. Even during our discussions about it, I got very disinterested in discussing the book. That's <laughs> How little I care about the book now. I'm like, is it? I can't even. I've talked about this a number of times. Like, what's more, what's worse, like a book that you hate because it's terrible, or a book that you feel nothing about uh, because at least the one you you hate elicits an emotion. And this Excalibur book doesn't really elicit anything from me other than like apathy, like uh, indifference. I, I like that. That's not a strong emotion. That's just like a, a shoulder shrug. I don't. I don't want to have to continue reading the book is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's fine. Um, I'm not saying we're, we're not going to read. Like, we'll, we'll make that decision if we make the decision. But it's like, do we, is there a point to this? I feel like it's not. I feel like um, maybe um, as, as our podcasting go, going forward, maybe we, we benefit more from dissecting and destroying the past. Um, as opposed to um, <laughs> going for 
like I we mentioned it before, but I'd I'd rather just dive straight into um, X Factor, Peter David's X Factor when it becomes Alex's mm-hmm. uh, Factor. I'd rather just like screw it. We'll do a we'll do a podcast about that. Because um, like you said, it, I don't see it getting any better. Mm. More. like I had I had hope that maybe I was maybe we were wrong and it'll all come together but I just don't I don't how long can you wait before you give up on it essentially right and I don't think I mean that's a, that's a strong stance to take in that maybe we don't do anything new like we when we covered the exiles book I think that was there was something to talk about there that's why we covered it right and and the new mutants book we'll get into in a minute I think we really enjoyed that book, and there's a lot to discuss about that. But for this Excalibur book, there's not a lot to say other than, eh. <sighs> like I don't. After after nine issues of this, I'm like, I don't. There's nothing left to to say about it because there's nothing happening in it. Nothing worth talking about anyway. Um, but maybe we can make the decision at the end of this 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 discussion, Dan, on like what we're gonna focus on moving forward because I think there's. A lack of discussion on what I, I've been calling like the B tier X books. Not that their quality is B tier, but they're not like the main the main books, right? So like X Factor or uh, X. I'm not I'm not saying oh, I want to cover X Force, but something like X Force or you know X Statics or, or whatever books that weren't the the main books, but have interesting ideas happening in them. Yeah. So. Um, I'm- I, and we like I would, I don't think anyone else is talking about the Peter David books. I would love to talk about Peter David books because I think he's a great writer. And uh, uh, I, you know, I read those first couple issues maybe a couple months ago, the first five issues or so of that X Factor run, and I was like, all right, I'm in. I want to keep reading. And I think like if we went and did something like um, Ecstatic, um, it's been such a long time, such a great book. Um, mm-hmm. But like. Like I'd be willing to do to give new books a try, but on the horizon for John of X, there's only like X Factor and um, Children of the Atom. Right. I think they're the only like new books because uh, everything else. And and to be fair, listeners, you can just listen to us talk about these books anyway on Jason's podcast, which I suppose we shouldn't. We should, yeah, we should promote our own. But yes, I I think you should also listen to us talk about. These, I mean, we talk about, for example, X Men, a book that we both love, on uh, on Snickcast, which is definitely do check out Jason's podcast because we love chatting with him and he's a lovely man and we get into fun fun discussions over there. Like if you want to hear us talk about those new books, we'll still be on there talking about them uh, for however short or long we we end up discussing those books. But I think on our our, our podcast we should focus on things that we love, even if. Even if Generation X and Excalibur are not or in like the best points in history at the moment that we're reading right now, I, I think we still have that like love, nostalgic love for them. We're, we're going to want to continue to read. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think I think the number one uh, uh, that topic the number one candidate right now is that peter david x factor run i would love to get into it'll be interesting to um um go for <laughs> end up changing our name to like generation x factor by the end of it <laughs> try and add everything 
everything in. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, th- that was a lot of us talking not about Excalibur, even while we're supposed to be talking about Excalibur. <laughs> kind of proves the point, though. Yeah. It, 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 Whatever we could to not talk about it, that's what we did. Because obviously, before we jump into New Mutants, there's another New Mutant uh, elephant in the room that we should probably talk about. Um, which is... So, New Mutants is a tale of two comic books. One that is really good, and one that is really bad. And it's so weird that it was ever released in that way. <laughs> so, like, I assume we're going to mostly talk about uh, Hickman and Rod Race's uh, time on the book, um, as opposed to Ed Brisson's, um attempt at doing things. Um, but we can't really talk about the new 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 mutants. Oh, that's a mouthful. Without um, talking about Brisson's attempt at um, character assassinating armor and making Blob start Glob the star of the show. We, we stopped reading these issues, though, yeah. Yeah, um, let's be honest. I There's no need, like, the, we were talk, we've talked about this before when we were talking about the new Hellions book. At the moment, the X-Men are in a place of happiness and, and, and like, a, a sort of a, a positive stance. Yeah. And a lot of the books... Uh, Marauders, X-Men, Excalibur um, put forward that positive stance but have their own internal um, conflicts uh, which allow the drama and that's all cool and everything but then you get to Brisson's book and it is just torturous Like these, there's no need to do what he does with the characters um, just for drama's sake and I think some people just lose the sort of plot of like these are supposed to be happier kids in happier times and a, a reunion with a character like Beak should have been a, a, a sort of happy one and done story right as opposed to as opposed to like a, a five issue torturous biker gang from hell scenario so it, it, it doesn't help in fact, it, it obviously hurts it that the artwork is atrocious uh, in this book, especially when compared to the previous month's um, uh, Rod Reyes book, where you're like, oh, my God, like a master of his craft. And then, oh, my God, some 14-year-old uh, first-time drawing comic books, which is obviously not true. But that that that's how it feels. You, you, even, even if his artwork is kind of like middling, in comparison to, to Reyes, you feel like, oh, who... Who let you get the box of crayons out? Like, <laughs> like, why do we have to read this trash? It's it's hurtful as a story, and it's painful to look at, Dan. It, it pains me to read those Briston issues. They are, um, they are terrible. But anyway, we're not here. We're not here for just talking about that new region. Yeah, we're we're, we're done with that. Ryan. We're done with that. Um, we. You and I and Jason were all upset when we found out Hickman's no longer doing New Mutants book because him and Rod Reyes, mwah, delicious. 
Um, but then you see some of his story threads coming up in other books. You're know, like, okay, he's still kind of continuing on. Uh, like when um, um, uh, Sunspot appears in uh, the X-Men book and tying back into the Sierra Empire stuff, you're like, okay, I like how this is like tying back in. Hickman hasn't given up on these characters, um, which is nice. Even if we're sad that the book that we love is, has is died, but this isn't like a funeral for that. Those six issues. This is uh, this is like a celebration of the life of those issues because I, I read through all of them again this morning, Dan, uh, kind of fast, but it really really hit me. Like Brisson can't handle like four characters. Like Leah Williams can't even handle two characters. Uh, <laughs> like characters like being characters in a book. But uh, Hickman handled like 12 characters, basically, uh, through his five, six issues. And not all of them were like giving story arcs, but they were all given like a taste of who they are and they felt different and they felt real. Even if Sunspot and Cannonball and and uh, maybe Ilyana were, were like the stars, everyone else got a, a chance to shine and you felt like, hey, like, for example, Rain didn't have a lot to do, but right away he's like, nope, she's not uh, that damaged thing you saw with Rosenberg. We fixed that, and she's going to have some fun, and she'll be part of her family. There was, there was a lot of, like, enjoyable little little nuggets of characters that you could, like, nibble on and enjoy each issue, you know? I feel like I'm rambling now, but... No, you're right. It was, it was like, it was, it's almost Claremont that happens in this book especially like the beginning few first pages of each book like the recaps but they're hilarious and it doesn't feel like it's overdone and then the artwork is allowed to shine the rest of the page through and there's this like comedy moments balance balanced with great action it felt like a, like a wonderful like a top-notch summer blockbuster is how this this, this read to me you know what i mean yeah it it truly is like um, it manages to balance all of its elements and its lighthearted tone without it ever slipping into like um, too saccharine or too many jokes per page or anything like that. It feels like it 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 feels like it it knew what it was doing and it was spinning some interesting story beats whilst also delivering like really fun character beats. It was it was a guy who um, writing a book and an artist drawing a book that they both passionately wanted to entertain mm-hmm. people with. Mm-hmm. And um, Hickman makes no excuse in, in saying that Sunspot and Cannonball are two of his favorite characters. Um, and it is nice to see someone who is really excited to about char- the characters they love write about those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just it just comes off as a as a, a sort of I hate to use the word masterpiece, but um like a masterpiece of sort of storycraft and telling. Yeah. Um and the fact that it has an effect on the other books means that it was never just a one time thing. I feel like some of the other things that we've discussed have are supposed to have a a lasting effect on the universe of the X Men, but don't feel like they have any effect Mm-mm. on anything. Um. Even, even like, if we take Excalibur, like, no offense, but I feel like if if 
Apocalypse was such a part. Hickman should really maybe it should it should it should be mentioned that he's mostly in Britain these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I just I don't know. It has the benefit of being part of Hickman's tapestry. Sure. Um, but on its own on its own merits, it is just a wonderful story, like done in one story, told yeah. by a really unreliable. Um, narrator mm-hmm. which is fun because that's the whole point of him being like a really crap narrator of his own story that's the joke yes yeah <laughs> like that's... but um yeah i've seen people like criticize new units and i'm just like mm, how um how but then these are people who like xbox so what can you do it's amazing that this is like X, the X Men, the book is a much more philosophical book, and a, a deeper book. That Hickman can turn around and write this like fun space odyssey that has has character moments and has like there's a point to what's happening, but doesn't take everything too seriously. You can just like have fun with the interactions. Like, oh yeah, this is a great writer. He can write all kinds of different tones of books. Where Brisson and Rosenberg only know how to write pain and suffering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so weird. It's so weird. But um, no. It, if you can just get it on its own, I'd mm-hmm. highly recommend totally. just buying it as a, a trade and just enjoying the ride. Um, I would. Yeah. Because okay. I think it's good for new readers and old readers. Easily just jump in. Yep. I, I I don't know how they're collecting these books, and we've had this discussion before. But if they collect just the Hickman issues together, that would be lovely. That would be very nice of them to do. It makes sense. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I hate I'd hate that Christmas morning um, where someone <laughs> where someone wants to do it, and every every other issue is uh, not what they want. Um, so. Although Marvel might be like, you know, uh, we want to sell two volumes. We'll put some of the Hickman issues in the second volume to make sure people have to buy both. Yeah, maybe that's, that's the end. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry if that came as a shock to you, Dan. <laughs> it felt like I, I, I hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah. I'm just hoping that they, just, they, they release it three times then. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> as, it was, as it was released public published published and then just uh, as like hickman's new mutants um as it's own thing maybe we'll just yeah. have to like i don't condone like tearing books apart but maybe i'll just buy two volumes and like rip out the pages like i i don't want and put the ones i like together and buy them myself you might as well just buy um all of the individual issues and just put them in one plastic yep. sleeve yep. yes well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's our take on New Mutants. Like, Hickman issues, superb. Uh, I, you know, when we discussed it with, with Jason, it was always like, uh, New Mutants, Marauders, X-Men are like top-tier, amazing. It's like, you must read these books. Uh, Excalibur, not so much. Yeah, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for Excalibur. Like, it just, it just... It's the it's the middle the middle child. They'll never get any love from anyone. I mean, um, if, if 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 look, here's the thing. If it 
you and I aren't here because, like, we're not reading that book because it's supposed to be the book, right? It's supposed to be the unique, weird book. And so we're here to read it. But if you can't follow through on that in, in like, a satisfying way, like, I, I, why should we keep reading your book? It's not exactly. Get, yeah. It's not like it would never get love from some people. It's not getting love from us because it's not good. Because you never know. Because I haven't checked any sales figures. It might be selling like bucket loads. While we I mean, talk about this. You know, we're not big cable fans, but that cable book, pretty good. We're not big Wolverine fans, but that Wolverine book that came out for what it is, not bad. Like, <laughs> it's not. It's not. The character that makes the book, it's the writer and artist you put on it. And Oh, yeah, because if it was characters that made the book, then Excalibur would be, like, at the top of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, like, that cast is, aston- like, astonishing. Right. I think that's why it hurts so much more. <laughs> it's so much right. wasted potential. <laughs> so much waste. <laughs> but, um... It's like most of the no, this is this. I'll let you into the. I don't know if this is. I've already said this many times on the new one, but, but I don't really like the new mutants. Um, the classic class of new mutants. I'm really not Sunspot. I'm all for the rest of them. Can I can take or leave depending on how I feel. <laughs> so <laughs> I think um, I have a little bit more of an affinity with Wolfsbane, but that's only because she was an Excalibur in the nineties. But um, right, Excalibur, yeah. yeah. I'm just not a massive fan of the rest of them, but Hickman makes Hick, write a good story. I'm there. I'm there for you. Hey, I mean, we jump on that X Factor book. She's she's there with Havoc, right? Mm-hmm. She is indeed. Like Queen yeah. over Havoc, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Well, that was us talking about. A book we like and a book that we're so dissatisfied with we probably won't read continue to read because it there's just no point to it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think we should make that commitment to maybe jumping on that X Factor book because that would be fun to talk about, Dan. It would, and then we could break up the um, podcast into four those four books so we can have like one Excalibur and one um Gen X on one and X has and, and X Factor on the other or something along those lines. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. Right. Um, but yeah. Let's do it. Like I wanna talk about that book. Um talking about old books. Um and we said we'd talk about other things after the books we were mentioning. Uh, is there anything that you've actually read recently that you, you want to talk about? Before we vanish? Before we vanish. Um no, I haven't had a chance to to do a whole lot of reading uh, comic books recently, uh, unfortunately. I just sort of, I want to discuss what what we want to read. And I think that X Factor book is a book we want to read. Yes. Um, I don't know, are there any, like, old books? You, you, you like, B-tier books you think might fit in with our brand? Oh, God. Um, Mutant X. <laughs> <laughs> Mutant X would totally fit in with, with I don't know why that was the first one I went jump straight for. Um Mutant X, Ecstatic would definitely work. Right, right, right. X-Men X-Men twenty ninety nine. Ooh, ouch. I have not read that book, but I don't feel like we're supposed to read the book. <laughs> we're not supposed to read that book. You have to read it once. <laughs> it definitely it's definitely it was definitely something at the time. 
there was an advertisement in Gen X for some other book, and I was like, mm. <laughs> no, that that looked really awful. We could read um, mini. Do you remember um, in the early two thousands uh, they did icons like four issue mini series of different characters mm-hmm. like Iceman, Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and I think someone else that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, they're not really. I suppose they're not really TND. <laughs> no, we're not reading Extreme X Men. <laughs> Good. I, I laughed to myself then because I was like, oh, because what? We're reading Extreme X Men? No. That's no. really bad. Let's not do that. Yeah. We could read X Force when it was a fighting book. Oh, no, that was something else. That was Thunderbolt. I'm getting confused now. What? Um. <laughs> But uh, it depends on how you feel, because outside of that, because like, obviously there's X-Force, which ran for, for ages, and then mm-hmm. obviously the, the, there's X-Factor, and where we're picking it up um, from, and then, yeah, there is things like Mutant X and such forth, but I don't feel like there's been many um, B-tier X-Books in the past 10, 15 years. Like, um, all the X-Books... I'm trying to think of something that's sort of more modern. I mm-hmm. keep thinking about Mag- Magneto. Um, that was a good book. Which which was a great book to actually talk about. But I can't... You know when you can't put your finger on anything that's sort of... Because the line was cut so dr- dramatically. Right, right, right. But, um, and then there were so many X-Books in the 90s. Um we could we could always have a special and talk about the House of M uh, books. Sure. Uh, yeah. The ones that like, lived around the main series. Mm-hmm. Like, did... wait, wait, wait! Isn't we could talk about Weapon X? That was a okay book if I remember correctly at one point. Um, <laughs> but wasn't there like a District X? NYX. Have you ever read NYX? Laura. Yes, Laura's uh, first introduction to the um, Marvel Universe. All right, yeah, yeah. we can do that. that. That's a different, that's a different um, kettle of fish. And when I say Weapon X, I mean the one where it's kind of like Suicide Squad from like the late nineties, early two thousands. Okay. Um, that was a bizarre one. It had Marrow in it, I think. Um, you know, when you just sat there going, "How many Xbox were they?" <laughs> That's what I mean, we might have to do some research. Yeah, it's a Google search away. But X Factor is definitely one. I'd say uh, if we're going to do anything else, it'd be X X Static because that's fantastic. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that would be that, that would be right in our wheelhouse for sure. Definitely, it's crazy enough to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it's crazy and gorgeous and so well written. <laughs> it's it's uh, and surprisingly consistent most of the way through. I know it is crazy, and then I love it that they give um, Peter Mulligan uh, the, the the main X book, and then they were like upset that he came out with like um, extreme religious subtext and um, such stuff, and they're like, "This is too too much. No, <laughs> we don't want this anymore." <laughs> like, what do you think? What were you expecting? All right. <laughs> but yeah. Oh well. All right. Well. I think we've committed X Factor, and uh, we'd love to do X Statics at some point. 
but uh, all right. Well, that was it for for this sort of bonus uh, slash Excalibur New Mutants wrap up. Because uh, you probably won't hear us talk about well, definitely not New Mutants. Um, but you probably won't hear us talk talk about uh, Excalibur much on this the, the new Excalibur uh, very much on this podcast anymore because we don't want to we're not even to self hurt. We're trying to we're not trying to self harm here. We're trying to drag her pull ourselves up right then during this this hard time. We don't need to make make things any worse. It is. It, as everyone will know, it's hard to talk about something you have no interest to talk about. Mm. Um, oh. it's hard enough. It's hard enough when the other three let us down. <laughs> so you know what I mean. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, we don't know exactly how the other three are going to perform each time we record, but we're pretty certain that this Excalibur book is not going to make us want to talk about it. Like, it's just another hindrance to make us want to get on Skype and talk about books. I'd rather literally talk, describe my wall that is painted white right, that I'm looking at right now than um, read and talk about Excalibur again. So, All right, yeah. well, it's, it's decided then. Uh, we're done with that book. Uh, all right, well... Uh, Dan, uh, where can that, everyone find us? <laughs> on that note, <laughs> uh, on that negative note, um, so you can find us on uh, Podbean at podbean.com forward slash Excalibros, on Twitter at Excalibro One. If you can figure out uh, a X comic that you would like us to maybe look at as like a special, then feel free to messages. Um, and you can find us on anywhere else as long as you put Excalibur's into Google and we turn up at Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, we're to be there. So yes, mm-hmm. many places. Alrighty, well that's it for us this time, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye bye. And um, so it was lovely. I was like, I'll have, I'll just close my eyes on like, like half an hour before I do any podcast. And, and our upstairs neighbor was like, I need to hammer things now because I'm in isolation. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why? Why would you do that? And I snap, I've, I've accidentally snapped at Ian a little bit because his, his bloody laptop just sort of screws with the internet so badly for some unknown reason. Um, it's not usually his fault. Like I don't, we download. I download stuff was downloading for him, and so because um, I run everything off my phone, hence why I need to pay it. Um, so I have unlimited data, and it's usually really fast. But for some reason, it's throttling again because of everything that's happening. And um, he he decided to um, start playing Eve Online on his laptop, and since that moment, um, <laughs> the internet has been a mess. I got you. I get you. And I'm just like, um, I just, I just, all I wanted, to, all I wanted to do was log into Star Trek, and I couldn't do it at all. And I was like, damn you, we're fucking everything else. <laughs> yeah. Having a bit of a breakdown. I did watch four films in a row though, so I suppose that's that. Wow. 
I just decided to knock off my Netflix um, fucking shit. So I watched them. I I, I gave Pacific Rim Uprising a second chance. Um, I ended up reading loads of comics at the same time. Um, Because it's fucking garbage. I watched Dunkirk. Um, I watched Dunkirk, but that's just miserably bland. Um, Yeah, I saw your tweet about that. Yeah, I think because I watched 1970 and, and I feel like I I feel like that's like the apex of that some sort of mopey British war film bullshit. Right. Um, the emo war film, I suppose is the best way to call it. Uh, don't care. And this is the first time I saw Don't Care, and I was like, this is fucking bland. Like I I don't care about anything that's happening on screen, and people are dying constantly. I haven't seen either one, but I wanted to see 1917 in the theaters because. I, I yes. have no idea if it's like any kind of good movie, but the visual spectacle, I thought like, okay, this is one you should see on a larger screen to see how it all fits together and sort of, but I didn't, I didn't end up seeing it. And now it's like available to rent on Amazon or, or whatever, but I, I don't know if it's worth it on a smaller screen. What, what would you say? I adored it in the cinema. I, I generally wanted to see it straight away again because visually it's quite beautiful. It's a really simple story. Um, right. And it's like, um, it's single shot or pretend single shot um, sort of premise is quite nice to watch. Right. It's way more interesting to watch than Dunkirk, which is like a docu fucking drama <laughs> construction. Like I don't mind Christopher Nolan sometimes when he's being all detached from human emotions, but um, I feel like it's just it's just made it so clinical that I, was like, I don't even care oh. that everyone's just drunk or set on fire. It doesn't really. Like the horror of it doesn't bother me. Mm. And then, just, I watched Mo- then I watched Mowgli, which was the, the Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it isn't. There's a one moment which is like horrific because um, it is darker um, than your average bear. But um, there's one moment which actually made me generally go, "Holy shit, that's that's dark. That's some fucking." <laughs> Have you seen it? Mowgli? I I have not, but I was at Netflix when they were making it with Netflix, and my boss was talking about it like this is gonna be this is gonna be a disaster. <laughs> um, you can tell that the intended creative vision was destroyed at some point, mm-hmm. and like the original ideas are there, but they try and have, like, I don't know if it's Netflix or one of them's fault that tried to make it semi-kid-friendly at the same time. Uh-huh. Appeal to children when really, clearly, Andy said that he was just trying to make, like, a film that was, like, a, a fable, like a twisted, dark Brothers Grimm sort of film. Because, like, there's this, like, really cute albino wolf who's all, like, friendly and happy. And you're like, oh. And then Mowgli, like, has a go at him because Mowgli's having a moment. And then the next time you see this is the albino wolf is its head because the hunters killed it and of i was course. like that and it's 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 smiling and i was like oh my lord that's like quite because mowgli like goes in and it's just there and i was like that's horrific right so generally there's like no like um reconciliation between the characters it's just she's, it's dead now it's just dead now and i was like oh okay i don't know if i can like, because um, the film's weird because it's motion capture, but also trying to be photorealistic. So like, right, 
has this weird aesthetic to it and it's not a bad movie per se um but it it kind of works because it is kind of like a fairy tale um as opposed to like disney's re- remake which was so filled with realistic i was like this is too much animal um but um then i, I watched um uh, uh well i say a spanish film it's actually from basque uh called well it's called the blacksmith and the devil and that was the most entertaining out of the rest that's like a dark gothic fairy tale and i really yeah, enjoyed it i i i worked on that one as well <laughs> well just the the translations anyway yeah i remember well, that I was quite, going through i quite enjoyed that one um good all i know is about the uh the andy circus movie they were halfway through and then there were like changes and then more changes it kept getting like delayed and then they had to rush to finish it i don't Maybe that was Netflix being like, we don't like where this is going, but I just know halfway through they completely changed what they were doing with that movie. And I don't know who decided that, but it uh, it happened. You can tell. You can definitely tell. Um, well, sure. if you have time, you definitely... I don't I don't think you finished Legion, right? Did you? Um, no, I need to. I need to finish it. I think it's on Netflix. Um, Amazon. I think it's on Amazon over here. So I'll um, I'll smash. I'll smash through Legion because I'm trying to smash through all the films on my Netflix list. Um, just to get them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely watch that. That's that's it's worth it if you're looking for like a comic booky fix. And then I am very serious. Everyone over here is talking about Tiger King. This oh, this is oh, the most yeah. crazy oh. thing. Well, I had a I had a psychological well, I had a like an insane idea yesterday. So we got Disney Plus this couple of days ago. Uh-huh. I don't know. And it's we got a free seven day trial. So I said to Ian, should we just fucking try it for seven days? Obviously over here, even though the Mandalorian is finished and other things are finished, they've decided to stagger the release because huh. you know. All oh, right. Keep keep people obviously. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And. So I haven't actually watched Mandalorian. I have watched a lot of Gargoyles because I used to love that show as a kid. Oh, nice! Oh. Yeah. Um, and then it's still really good. Like for for TV show, cartoon. No, that's really unfair. It is actually quite complex for, for what it is. Like, yeah, for I was watching sure. it going, I was watching it going, shit. Everyone says how like dark and adult Batman animated series was, but this shit is like quoting Shakespeare and. Like using um, narrative form in a very unique way, while also having the entire next generation cast voice it. Right, <laughs> um, right. It's <laughs> so weird. Um, and I watched who if, if we watched Two Frames Roger Rabbit, and um, we now can watch the rest of the Runaways because um, we watched season one and we we're like, oh, we'll try, se- we'll we'll finish it because we have watched the season of it. Um, it's not like Cloak and Dagger where I was like, I'm not watching any more of this shit. Um, but I decided to watch, and because we have something in this country that America didn't, which is we have all the X Men movies um, randomly uh-huh. on Disney. Whereas in America, I was real gutted because in America you have X Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X Men, and it's not on. We don't have that on on ours yet. Uh-huh. And I was like, all I wanted to do is watch Wolverine and the X Men. I know it's not particularly good, but that's all I wanted to do because I've been in a real X Men kick. Um, right. And um, so I watched <laughs> uh, I watched the last stand, um, 
and I forgot. Well, you know, actually, I don't feel like that's the worst X-Men movie. <laughs> oh, it's not, the, it's not the worst. It's certainly not the best. No, no, there's, no. There's moments where you can even tell that Ian McKellen's like given up. Um, uh, and, and they're like, what, a quarter way through? They're like, well, we're done with Patrick Stewart. Uh, why, yeah. why would you do that? He's, like, the one guy, he's the one guy who's like really, him and Ian McKellen are like, the, in Wolverine, the, the only three character actors in those movies that are like putting in effort all the time. You're like, well, Tripod really doesn't need three legs, does it? And they just cut him out. Like, how dumb is that? I, I just love the idea that it's like, well, we don't know what to do with Scott. And also the actor wants to be in Superman Return, so we'll kill yeah. him right now. Instead, kill him. Of, yeah. instead of keeping him alive. It's all scheduling, though. That film, the reason that film happened is because Fox was desperate to make a third one. Uh-huh. Um, Brian Singer was like, but I'm making Superman. And they're like, and he was like, well, I'll come back and make the third one if you want. And they were just like, no, we'll just make it with Brett Ratner. It's fine. Goodbye. <sighs> um, not saying that Brian Singer was, you know, he's obviously he's very problematic these days. But at the right. time, you'd think, um, after the success of X-Men 2, you'd think you'd wait for the same director, especially when he was willing to come sure. back for a third. I mean, and, uh, he's, I would say he was competent as a director, whereas Brett Ratner is... I, I, I have no idea how I would characterize his directing style. Slapdash? Because um, yeah, I always think Brett, Brett Ratner directed the amazing... Um, Shark, uh, what? No, I f- the one with the shark film with Samuel L. Jackson. I always, I, it's got L. Full G. Deep Blue Sea. It's not him though. That's Rennie Har- That's Rennie Harlan. The other, the I always get those two mixed up because they both direct shit, but one of them directs it with like a really fun tongue in cheek, and I think, and that's Rennie Harlan. But Brett Ratner's just, and he's such a fucking dude. He's like a Zack Snyder before Zack Snyder existed. Oh yeah, um, yeah. There, there are and, awful stories about how he, he would treat women on set. Yeah, it's funny because, like, obviously, Halle Berry had massive arguments with Brian Singer because she wanted she got her Oscar in between X Men 1 and 2. And right. Brian Singer, Singer's like, no, you're still just a special effect in my movies. Um, but then she she was so happy because Brett Ratner and everyone, the studio gave her loads of stuff to do in X Men, but she's the worst thing in X Men. Like, yeah, she's there's bad. a lot of bad stuff. She's just, it's Halle Berry can act, question mark, um, sometimes, but not no, all the time. I think that's true. It's like, um, I think Brian Singer is a really accomplished director until uh, after Superman Returns. I think that destroyed his confidence. Because, like, some of his movies, his movies become sort of staler after that. Um, yeah, because like Valkyrie is an interesting movie, but I think it's interesting because Tom Cruise is in it more than anything. Tom Cruise as a Nazi was like it is, is like the big sort of draw there. Yes, um, totally. It's a great, it's a competent directed movie, but it's not like, but like compared to the Usual Suspects or Apt Pupil or um, any like his earlier work, where it's it feels any in, in in I've forgotten the word. Um, it feels fresh and new and um, and queer. 
it feels very queer and not like maybe um, after X2 when he first fought lawsuits were sent against him about touching young men. Um, that's what that just. It's such a shame. Yeah, that'll do it. It's such a shame because I remember um, when we were discussing um, uh, directors when I started doing film film studies and everyone was like talking about different directors and I said uh, um, I don't mind like some of the sort of new age uh, American queer directors and Brian Singer was in in that and now I'm like oh, well you <laughs> can't really mention him anymore he's fucked no. But I did, I did, I did double. As I told you, I did um, double um, up and did Infinity War and Endgame after after Last Stand. So yep. that's great. I've been reading a lot. I read that Chuck Austin um, X Men. Oh, oh my God, that was three hundred pages. I'll never get back. Which one? Um, which one was that? I, I left on the Dropbox. I deleted it from the Dropbox, though, just to say... No, 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 I'm saying, like, which... Who were the characters? What was the story for that one? So it starts... It's mainly... It mainly deals with a team that revolves around Angel, Husk, Nightcrawler, Juggernaut. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I read that as well. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that was... that was. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Who is the, the character they introduced who's, like, only about sex, and then halfway through, they're like, yeah... We got nothing to do with her anymore. We're just gonna. She just like left. <laughs> Don't mention her again. Daisy X. Um, essentially. Yeah, yeah. She was introducing Jeff Kelly's arc, and he clearly had plans for her. Uh-huh. She was actually a character for the handful of issues he was on with. But then um, Chuck Austin took over and just made her really fucking obnoxious, and then just vanished her. Cause yep. She was too busy trying to like introduce because like script there's nothing wrong with script by but like that nurse is creepy as fuck the mm. one that's like i'm in love with havoc and he's in a wheelchair oh yeah 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 that was weird and polaris is like uh, lana's like gone crazy yeah she was in the genosha it's really like yeah and then they they hang kids on crosses at one point um and, but Jubilee survive, is the only one. Jubilee and Magma are the only ones survive. Where everyone else has been crucified. It was. It was a, the fun thing. And I'll stick by this. I think I said this on Twitter this morning because I was reading it while um, Sue Grimm and um, Dunkirk was on. Because it is 392 pages. That yeah. Graphical. So I was like, whoo. But I read all of that, and I still would rather read that that again. <laughs> because there's a difference between. It being bad, but uh, bad and problematic, but problematic because of the time period it's in. Like, not problematic because they want to murder people of colour and women. Right, yeah. yeah like, there's some yeah. really bizarre... Like, there's some... Right. One amazing thing is, um, if it wasn't for Chuck Austin, I don't think Northstar would be a, a charter member of the X-Men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. He, he brings... Um, Northstar in, and he brings me in on the off. Because like Northstar's like, I'm not, I'm not bothered. And then Xavier's basically like, well, we have gay. To be honest, we have gay kids at school, and we have no one to mute two of them. Um, and I'm thinking you. And then he joins because of that. Because then he could. So there's like um intersexual inter intersectionalism um going on, and I was like, that's actually bizarrely complex for what I've just read. Right. Um, right. 
And he clearly, but at the same time, Chuck Austin like loves throwing out like really harsh homophobia in <laughs> in Sean Paul's face all the time. So it's kind of like a bit on the nose. Mm. But I, but without without him joining the ranks there, I generally don't think um, he'd be as prevalent in all the other books. For sure, like he's now. Yeah. But um, and you're right. Like Rosenberg is just in in prison. It's just like let's see how much we can hurt our characters. Where I feel like Chuck Austin, it was just like awful, awful choices, like people yeah. out of character and like romances that didn't make any sense. It was just really bad, but not like didn't feel like can, he had he had spite for the characters. Yeah, it feels like you can tell where like some mandates were being told, like Nightcrawler losing his um uh, his priesthood because mm-hmm. he finds out that the the his who he was he was never ordained because it was all a, a ruse by the Church of Humanity or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that doesn't it doesn't feel right. It feels like someone has turned around and gone, yeah, we don't want him to be a priest anymore. That's not what we want. Right. right. Evolution exists anymore. Um, whereas other choices like Angel and Husk being together, um, bizarre. Very bizarre. Brightner, Brightner, I don't have to read Rosenberg again, so. Um, yeah. Every don't. time I see a book name on, I'm just like, yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> don't do that to yourself. No, no. I just, I'm just. It was like the Empire. I thought it was um, good Thompson, not Age of yeah. Man Thompson. Yeah, I But I, to be honest, I read the words, but I was just there. For, I, I mainly just looked at the art. The art tells the story way better than the words did, anyway. So. <laughs> Well, the artwork was super gorgeous. It was like, I just flipped through it, like you mentioned, but it was like, oh, wow. Very, very distinct styles. It was really cool to have them telling like two different parts of the story, you know? Uh, good choice. But it, that was just lovely to look at. Exactly. And like, um, I found out today from uh, who is it, the spies? And, um, because obviously that interview with uh, Rick Remender is, is out and about, and we can you can only imagine um, because our favourite friend Xavier Files can't cash in on Hickman anymore, right? Uh, or can't cash in on Hickman, or has never been able to. Um, apparently, he's been doing like three day expose on Rick Remender. Um, oh God! Kurt Kurt has told me because Kurt's like. Um, with his alt account, he messaged me again. Do you still follow Xavier Files? I was like, I was, I said to him, I was the first one out of all of you to fucking unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's been uh, like reading through Uncanny X Force and Uncanny Avengers and just ripping up, um, whipping up like hate for Rick Remender, um, because of the Alex thing. Do you know when? You don't give a shit. Um, uh-huh. Like, I remember, uh, I think everyone was upset because Alex said about he's not a mutant, he's just Alex. Right. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, and he thinks mutants are a day word and we shouldn't be using the M word, blah, blah, blah. And loads of people got upset because. Yeah, I remember. It, quite frankly, as a gay man, I kind of understand Alex's point of view, if I remember. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that I saw get upset were mainly straight people. Um, 
and like really super super left wing people that don't really who are more allies than anything else um and i can understand why you'd get upset at that but to say that rick remender's entire like oeuvre at the x office was like shit and and Kenny Avengers is one of the, the worst books to ever come out and they don't understand um, mutants and it, it self-destroyed, it, no, it, it assassinated Scarlet Witch as a character and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? I feel like it was the only book that actually like held her accountable for mm-hmm. her action. And outside of that one havoc moment which could be read in multiple ways i generally think uncanny avengers the i like all of the volumes but the remainder one's pretty solid yep but i, I mean i said it in our, our twitter discussion he's one of the writers who i'm like i will if he has a book coming out i will check his his stuff out because he's not like he's a different writer than hickman but he he tackles complex ideas he, he focuses on character. Like, you may not always be happy with the outcome of what he's doing, but this dude is, is trying a lot of cool stuff, and he always gets a lot of really great artists to work with him as well, you know? It's, uh... I, I feel like his, his success rate is definitely higher than his failure rate, but it's always... Even when it's a failure, it's kind of like a spectacle you can't turn away from. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, because I asked Kat today with his little eye spies on what um, Xavier Files' favourite um, Dawn of X books are, and of course... It's the exact ones. Yeah, it's the exact ones that we, we knew he would love. Yeah. And he doesn't like he doesn't like X-Men, and he thinks that he thought the new the new Mutants, Rob, Rod Reyes stuff, was too much and, and far too, like, hum, like, it was silly rather than, like, Britain's grounded approach or something i was just like the dude has no taste like, grounded I mean, approach the dude... of the biker gang in rainbow colors coming to <laughs> like what the fuck and he, and he really liked um fallen angels and thought it was like whatever uh, and i'm just like the dude doesn't fucking understand brian do you know the guy who wrote um fallen angels uh-huh uh, is it brian hill yes he um tweeted uh because I follow him because I actually really like I usually like his work. Right. He tweeted saying that um, he apologised for what happened with Fallen Angels because he had a story in mind, but because of all his commitments with other, like he's going into film and television and stuff, mm-hmm. um, he just rushed all of their scripts out. Oh, shit. And he was just like, um, sorry, he actually apologised for disservicing the characters. And oh, I, okay. I sat again, and he, he said that um, when asked, he, he he openly admitted that he didn't read much about Laura beforehand, oh. and that he, he was given Laura, he was given Laura by the editors. Oh, and the, by the, uh, the uh, only, Jordan the, the only character, yeah, the only character he, he chose he wanted to work on was the new was Kawana, Uh huh. He was given Cable and. Um, a lot mm. and i was like it makes so much fucking sense and when i was i watched the um a sort of making of this children of the atom book that's coming um is it vita alia alia the, the writer and uh, the new which i didn't even know existed 
the co-editor of all the X-Books, who Hickman brought in with him. Yeah, that was news to me after you said that. I was like, what? Because it just went co-editor um, um, of the X-Books. I was like, who? Yeah. And then he's talking, and he, he's just like, oh, I came in with Honor of X, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like... And all he kept saying was, I work really closely with Hickman, and you know, on this book, me, me and Hickman worked really closely with um, the writer. And I just like... And not at one point did it cut to um, White at all. Of course. And then I had a quick little little research. All the books we like, this editor's on. Of course. So I'm thinking, and also this editor is a person of colour, by the way. And I have a strange feeling that mm. this editor is also, I believe, the same editor that Hickman's had when he was in the Avengers and when he went and did um, Black, Black Monday. Right. Writers. So I think Hickman brought him in when he, when when Sobolski paid for him to come, because clearly he was just like, yeah, I'm having my own shit. Fuck your ex office. Yeah. Um, and now it makes perfect sense when. Um, I love I love now all his digs of previously were like, hey, this isn't continuity. What's going on? Like editor's office. He's totally like, my guy's on this shit. What's your guy doing? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. Everything seems to line up now. Like um, why John, why, why John and uh, White wasn't ex- that was felt really forced when he was promoting House of X and Powers of X, and uh, that he doesn't he doesn't promote anything other than like a set amount of books, mm-hmm. which are the ones he's clearly working on. Um, it's fucking bizarre. Um, because clearly they can't. Maybe they just can't fire him. It's Volsky or White. But white, maybe they just can't find white. Mm. Um, it, it does feel like they want. It feels like it, the X office is cut in half. Yeah, know? yeah. Because Hickman, um, well, it's alluded to in Remender's interview that Hickman uh, is only in control of so much of it. Mm-hmm. When Remender's like, I don't want to be uh, sent some mandates, even though I'd like to work back with. Uh, Hickman, I don't want to be sent mandates. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Right. <laughs> he says the Hickman side of things. So I'm like, what does that... Does, that makes me feel like there's a couple <laughs> like political struggle there. And now it's sold loads of money. I'm hoping that Sobolski is just like, yeah, fuck White and all of his shit. Because all of White's books keep failing. Or all of the books that mm-hmm. White and his little... And reading some of the fucking reviews for Hellions... They are all just the Rosenberg people. Right. The same people who said that Fallen Angels was like a, a masterpiece or X-Force is some sort of meditation on depression or whatever. Jesus. No, X-Force is just like, hey, you remember the mutants? What if we just like hurt them over and over again? Remember that great Domino book that like we didn't give enough credit to, but really not necessarily rehabilitated the character, but let you see who she was and treated her like a person. No, fuck that. We're just going to, like, tear her all up and make her awful. Yeah. I miss Quentin being good as well. I enjoy uh, Mr. Quiet. Because I, I read um, West Coast Avengers a little recently, and obviously he's a main cast member, and I'm like, mm-hmm. where's all that gone? <laughs> but it looks like they were given... Um, 
marching orders that you could just reset the characters. From what um, Hill said about Laura, mm. he said that he didn't do any research, but he was assured, he was um, assured by editors that it was okay just to just go in blind. Right. That to me is horrific. Yep. Especially from the guy who is like, all the X Men of this age and the, the continuity is law. Only when it matters. Only when mm. it matters to his. No, exactly. And to be honest, just... yeah, yeah, that Wolverine. But one last moment is that Wolverine book. It's not bad. Mm. It's just the same Wolverine story over and over again, isn't it? Yeah. No, I. It's it's too it's a little bit on the nose, I guess. It is a lot of just stabby, stabby. Everything's dark. Wolverine dark book. Um, however, that being said, for that tone of a book, I think it's pretty well done. I think I just got bored with the fact that he's possessed again. Yeah, that's. Like... But my... I was I was listening to the to the dialogue and the narration. And it wasn't like over forced, and it, there was some nuance there, and it like the, the artwork was working with it. And it's like, this is the same guy that writes X Force? Because this feels very like it's still, you know, gruesome, but it felt competent, and actually I had some enjoyment with it. I was like, okay, what's going on? And then at the end, it's like, oh, yep, of course Wolverine's possessed. Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he have to commit some horrors that he'll have to spend 10 years getting over again? Mom. I just I just want him to be like Hickman's Wolverine. Also, it, it, it does not. Um, if you ever remember um, why everyone asked Hickman why Wolverine's not really in Avengers, and his response was, "I don't really like him." Um, oh, I don't remember that. That's his like bottom line is that he's not a massive fan of Wolverine anyway. Mm. Why do you think he's not really in anything? Um, right. So I think he'll just let whoever he's like, yeah, whatever, go have your Wolverine. I'll um I'll have every other character. Thank you very much. Um, so, but I just I'm just hoping that um, because I'm kind of like sat there going, I really like X Men, I really like Marauders. Yep. Um, and I'm enjoying the giant sizes, um, for different reasons. Um, but I'm kind of like sat there going, I don't want another, you know when you're like I kind of want another X book that I can just that. that I feel like I want another one because usually is it is me that always says to you guys that um, what tends to happen with me is like I'll pick three and that's it the rest of the garbage. Um, mm-hmm. That's always that's always what happens with Xbooks. Um, I'm right. hoping like this Children of the Atom one or, or X Factor. Um, Who's doing Children of the Atom? It's like I think her name is Vita Alia. I've never I haven't read anything that she's done before. Okay. I'm very positive because after reading the sort of making of mm-hmm. and it being exclusively by people that aren't white and straight, I was like, um, that's, that doesn't mean there's going to be quality. Um, look what happens. Look what happens with uh, Williams, for example. Um, but I was like, I feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel, I feel like it may be a voice that's needed in the X universe at the moment. No, for sure. Yeah. And I'm 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 down with the concept of them having like actual sidekicks rather than um, just younger mutants. I'm also down with the idea that there may be Sinister's clones. Like, oh right, this it's book. really yeah, no, now I get it. Yeah, I remember now. 
because um, the 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 being quite um, stum about why these kids have similar powers to others. So uh-huh. I'm quite intrigued to see if there's some of like the sinister sort of experiments or whatever. Um, and I do love what I do love though recently is that we all totally and utterly mixed up Zeb Wells with Jim Zeb. Um, we were just so hopeful. We were like, okay, yeah. The guy who did Champions. What's the other book he did for Marvel that I think did really well? Uncanny, Uncanny Avengers. He did the really good run on Uncanny Avengers. You're right, you're right. And, and, and he's done and, a lot of like, like uh, not not privately owned, but but like image books that are like unique in his voice. You're like, all right, this is a a dude who's competent. He's I'm using that word too much <laughs> recently, but like fun and like he understands character. All right, like this is gonna be it's a weird group of characters put you're putting together here, but you put a unique writer on it. This could be this could be we were just all hopeful that this Don X was gonna make things better. So we were we were in that mindset of like, yeah, and then we'll get this this fun this fun writer to come in and like do something interesting with these characters, and then you read it, you're like, Oh Zeb Wells. Who? Wait a second, that guy? Oh shit. His um his new mutants, so well as his new mutants, mm-hmm. is basically just really mopey, um, and had really like moments of grim, gritty darkness, which just didn't make any sense. Like I think isn't that the one where yeah, where Karma's leg is chopped off and stuff like this. Um, of course. And I read the Hellions, and I I wanted so badly to like enjoy it as like a a quirky book like it could be the the quirky book that i really enjoy and i read and i read and i was just like the only part of it that i genuinely think has any interesting um possible like forward thinking um fruits of labor is empath um Mm -hmm. the concept that his powers are what have made him into a searcher path Right. Um, and that the that the council want to hide that fact that um, powers could it, you know, because they're going with a, a distinct idea that it's the person, not the powers. Um, and I do kind of li- I liked his kind of like flashback that there's this really problematic, sadistic little bastard on the island. Um, but like the rest of like Scalp Hunter and the Morlocks, I was like, I get that these elements should work. But the more I read, I've read it three times now. The more I read it, the more yeah. I feel like, um, the more I read it, the more I feel like it's a writer who's been told to what to write, um, mm-hmm. and that he doesn't. So sinister, since um, Kieran Gillen has become a gentleman, sort of a. a a dandy gentleman, essentially. Um, right, right. Gillen really went with the Victorian dandy, um, ultimately, ultimately um, sort of queer icon that's in love with himself to a, to an unbelievable degree that he makes an entire society of himself. Right. Um, and then Hickman goes with that, introduces the idea of how the cape was formed and makes plays with it in like a, 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 res- a sort of respectful I say respectful because Zeb Wells' um, queer-coded sinister is borderline homophobic in places. Um, and 
I don't know. I think I've had enough of, of really camp queer coded villain Disney villains popping up everywhere. Um, yeah. I just want some like some actual substance. And like you said, some people don't understand the complexity or the story that Hickman's trying to tell, and they're just weak as writers, and they can't sort of um, marry those ideas together. And I think here, Zeb Wells is like, oh, this is what Sinus is like. He speaks like this. <laughs> um, and and that's what he does with him, and he just pushes it to in the like bad taste direction. Like, yeah, he's aloof. Yeah, he's a bit camp. And yes, he's like, but he's got a level of sophistication that is baked into his character that isn't in this book, in that book at all. No. Nope. And it was quite frustrating to read. No, I and even even the artwork. Like, I had seen the previews, and I thought, okay. I might be able to get behind this artwork. And then I, I was reading the book. I'm like, wait a second. This feels like the previews felt, felt more finished. Like I was reading the book. And I was like, this feels kind of like, does this need to go back in the kiln for another like hour or something? Like this doesn't feel like it's fully baked here. No, it's really, it's really, it's, it's, it's just such a bizarre idea. And then like, I don't understand why they're obsessed with Havoc being damaged. And right we what fixed it already. Paul? We did this. We like the, the whole uh, House of X powers of X. Like, hey, uh, we're bringing everyone back, and we've, we're fixing all the problems, and they're back to like the normal selves, and we're going with it, right? That was it. Was kind of like a the hard slash soft reboot of like, all right, everyone's back. Uh, Havoc's been in the X Men books, like X Men the book, a couple of times, and he he gets along with his family, and he's pretty like normal and like able to to work with people and he's not like going off the handle so it's suddenly like well what if remember that astonishing book that no one liked what if havoc was back to that again would that be fun it's not I fun get in, i get that in access and all that shit he was evil and x-men blue tried to Columban tried to put him back to being good um, um but like it is crazy because you have Havoc, and then what the fuck has happened to Wild Child? I'm pretty sure he was just normal. Like, what the, I, and then you have Storm and Jean agreeing with Sinister and telling Scott to shut up, which, after yeah. reading a lot of, a lot of Bendis, it kind of makes sense, but um, that feels like that that feels like the old mandate, the old anti-Scott mandate still is still in effect in that book. Yeah. Whereas he's clearly the, he's clearly not like he's championed so much in Hickman's books that it makes no sense that because like no, I know maybe it feels off tone. You're right. Like none of the characters feel like the character reset that not reset, but the characters that Hickman are writing. Like those are not the same. Like if, if the next issue they're like, hey, this is Earth Two or whatever. I'm like all right, makes this is like another. This is like one of the realities we didn't get to see play out with um, Moira, I'd be like, okay, sure, th- these characters are kind of the same, but slightly different. All right, it's a whole other universe, fine. But these are not the ones that we're, we've seen. It just seems so weird. Because like, I understand that the Quiet Council kind of like uh, outranks everyone else, but to not hear, legitimately hear Scott's like concerns and just be like, ah, oh, it's fine, even though you know Sinister, <laughs> you, know, you know who he is. For example, like I just, I don't know, I don't know, um, because Hickman's so, like the other books that deal with the council, 
uh, far more nuanced. Yes, yeah, about exactly. The, about the portrayal, like trying to balance the fact that um, villains are actually on the council is a great idea, but yet again, bad execution. <laughs> yeah, that was that's terrible. The problem. It's but anyway. Look, this has been. <clears throat> I'm glad we could get into all this, and I have actually been recording this <laughs> as a test. Uh, on Skype, so uh, I'm, I'm testing that out to make sure. I don't know why I couldn't edit the music. I don't think it was the recording. I think it was the editing software. My computer's fucked up. I don't know. But I thought I'd try and record on multiple things this time. So I've recorded this, and if you have no objections, I'm going to like throw this into the back half of the episode, just like, <laughs> and we talk about other stuff. <laughs> okay, that's fine by me. <laughs> That'll work by me. Look, I mean, halfway through, uh, we're discussing it. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I am recording this because these are insights that not probably a lot of other people are willing to admit uh, (laughs) about aliens or about other things. So it's good to have that out there. Yeah, it's pretty true. But yeah, the agenda. All right. So, um,. Do you want to uh, start with, with New Mutants or start with Excalibur? Um, uh, we could end on... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Whichever you feel is best to start with. Alright, we'll just, we'll just fucking go with it and we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I generally don't have the... Like, I've, I've got the books in my memory. Um, I, like, no I don't want to go through page by page. That's not the point of this. No. So, I don't want time. to make you suffer. You just have to be the Chuck Austin right now. I would make you read all of Excalibur all over again. Exactly. Alright, well, uh, 3, 2, 1.